Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. But are you ready to be patient? So question number one, are you ready to die? Are you ready to die? Question number two, are you ready to listen? And question number three, are you ready to be patient? You see, the world that we're living in is a world of immediate gratification, instant gratification. I want it and I want it now, right? Um, I, I don't want to wait to save money to buy my dream car. I'm going to get it on a loan and I'm going to spend the rest of my life paying it off. Uh, Ravi Zacharias um, said this once and, and it really made me uh, put this thought into a phrase really well. He says, you can enjoy something now and end up paying for it for the rest of your life or you could wait now and save up now and enjoy something that you want for the rest of your life. And oftentimes we want to grab something now. We want to grab relationships now. We want to grab you know, sex now instead of waiting for its appropriate time. We want to grab finances now. We want to grab fame now. We want to overnight instant success. Overnight, you know, I want to be a millionaire overnight. I want to have, you know, three million followers on Instagram overnight. It doesn't work that way. Every single person that actually ends up being successful has put in a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, late nights, a lot of times when people don't even see what's happening. And oftentimes people see those who are successful and don't really see what's happening under the surface. We're living in a world where we want immediate gratification. We want instant success. And Solomon, in these next few verses, is going to ask us, are you ready to be patient? And I believe that answering this question should change our life and give us an eternal perspective. This is how. Verse 7. He says, Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Once again, Solomon's going to start with an illustration. He says, Extortion makes a wise man into a fool. Why is that? It's because no matter how wise you are, once I decide to oppress someone to have my way, I'm not using wisdom anymore. I'm actually being a fool because now my flesh is getting into this. Similarly with bribes, right? When I'm willing to take a bribe, what I speak is not truth anymore. Um, now in America, I haven't really come across a lot of times when people were asking for a bribe. Actually, I've never come across a bribe ever in America. Growing up in India happens almost every day. In fact, um, when I went to get my driver's license, uh, it was a crazy, crazy thing and it's hard being in America for 10 years now, it's hard to even imagine this happening, but this is what happened, true story. Um, I went with my folder with all my documents and my you know, application form and pictures and stuff like that that I needed to get my driver's license. And I'm standing in this long line and as people go into this officer's office, he would open the folder and if he didn't see money in the folder, he would literally throw your folder outside on the floor and you'd have to leave. Even if he had all the documents, and I was waiting in the line a long time and as I came closer I saw this guy doing this and I was like I don't want to bribe this guy um, but I had all my documents and so I turned around and I left and then it was actually a miracle the way I got my driver's license but that's a story for another day but we often think that bribery happens in third world countries with these corrupt politicians and corrupt leaders the fact is you and I in some way shape or form oppress people around us because every single listen to me now every single person has authority over someone else in some way shape or form a husband or a wife or a brother or a sister or a father or a mother or an employee or an employer uh, if you drive a car you have control over other people in the car and some way shape or form we're trying to oppress people and the Bible is telling us that the reason why you do that is because you're impatient and the question that God's asking us is are you ready to be patient because when you're using your means and your ways and your authority to oppress someone else you become a fool and you're not living with an internal perspective anymore. Verse 8 says, uh, no matter what means you employ, 
to get what you want to get, like this officer, for example, um, in India who's taking bribes to get money, um, it's quite possible that he'll be able to buy a car before his colleague who doesn't take any bribes, right? So he would get further ahead almost I immediately, but this other guy who's actually living a righteous living, it would take him a long time to get there. But no matter what means you employ to get what you want and for you to be where you want to be, verse 8 says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Sure. There are a lot of people, it's like a match. You light it and it goes, Psh, it's big. And they start off and it looks great. You got to give it time. Let's see how it ends. And once again, in the church, you find people who applaud beginnings. Now, I'm not saying that you should despise humble beginnings. Love humble beginnings, but don't get floored away when something is so massive and big. Because a lot of times people put on a great show. And I've seen this in Christian leadership. Someone shows up on the scene and they you know, lead worship once or preach once and everybody goes gaga over it. They don't wait to see, is this guy willing to walk the rest of his life the same way? Or is he going to go away in three months, in six months? The Bible's telling us, beginning, um, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is what? Destruction. Well, a lot of times the beginning can seem so great right oh wow the start of this relationship so fantastic uh, it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter how great your wedding day was it matters what it's going to look like after you go back home and after you had your first child or second child or even your first anniversary what's that going to look like are you willing to be patient and let God walk you through this go slow and not rush into things because better is the end of a thing than its beginning or you're going to use your own means and ways to oppress others to have your way and to, to claw your way into getting what you want and in the end it leads to destruction continue that verse in verse 8 it says and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit patience requires us to go through hard times isn't it? because Again, if you use this illustration of bribery, if you were given a chance to be able to get like, you know, three, four million dollars for doing one stupid thing, you'd be like, man, let me get that. But the way you spend that money would not be the same way you would spend it if you actually worked hard for that money and saved up over the years. And when you have to practice patience, you would look at life differently because you would go through hardships. And here's a good lesson for us. Those hardships really shape us into appreciating the gospel and seeing Jesus in every area of our life. People who have never been through suffering will never really be able to see the comfort that Jesus is able to bring and the gospel that shines so bright. Um, anyone can start anything with a crooked means, but the end is more telling than the start. And if you want it to end well, it's got to start with patience. It says in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why is that? Why should I count it joy when I face trials of various kinds? He says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That's a beautiful word over there. Steadfastness. It talks about patient endurance. What produces patient endurance? Your trials. What produces patient endurance? The testing of your faith when you go through hard times. Some of us as believers, we cannot live with an eternal perspective because we've not grown in patient endurance. This is not just saying, sleep on it. This is saying, hey, don't just sleep on it, but get on your knees and pray about it. This is saying, get around those who are wise and ask them questions about it and patiently wait through it. Don't make major decisions without consulting those around you, especially consulting God. Don't make stupid choices overnight because you're impatient, man. Wait for it. And this is something that I wasted money over many times because I was impatient. I wasted friendships over because I was impatient. Made stupid decisions that ended up hurting people because I was impatient. 
But the Bible tells me that patient endurance comes from trials and those trials come because you're waiting and you're holding back and you're saying, God, I need you to give me the go-ahead. I need you to give me the, the right counsel to be able to, to navigate through this. And it says that, and this steadfastness, this patient endurance, let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Can you imagine a person's life that reflects that perfect, complete, lacking in nothing? That would be a person who would say, I'm ready to die because my character is shaped by Jesus. That's a person who who's ready to say, I'm humble to listen to godly rebuke. That's a person who will who's be willing to say, I'm willing to wait because I trust the sovereignty of God. Trials will enable you, please listen to me, trials will enable you to grow in steadfastness, in, in this patient endurance. And this patient endurance will help you overcome premature complaining, boasting, or arrogance. And will help you grow in patience, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. How many times you've heard people who talk about the business they're going to build, or talk about what they're going to do. Man, the Bible warns you, don't be a fool that says, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. I'm only buying things for this, 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 and this. When you've not been patient to listen to God, and the end, you look like a fool. Hey, once again, between you and God right now, you know who you are that's fooling yourself and using God's name in vain, saying God told you to do this. When you are spending your life boasting, you're arrogant, you're not growing in patience, and all your plans are dying in a very premature way. It's because you're not being patient. You're not grown in steadfastness. Impatience is an irritation to God's way. If you're sitting at home and wondering, why isn't God blessing my life? Why isn't God opening the doors? God told me, God this, God that. It's quite possible you're listening to bad counsel. And it's God who's closing the doors. And the Bible tells me that the doors that he closes, no man can open. And the doors that he does open, no man can close. But I want you to know that an impatient life is an irritation to God's way. It says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5, everyone who's arrogant, that's impatient, listen to me, everyone who's arrogant, that's impatient, in heart is an abomination to God, is a stench, is a stink to God. Be assured, guaranteed, this is a promise, he will not go unpunished. Please don't be a fool that's living your life in your own stupidity of running around doing what you want to do and using God's name in vain saying God told you to do this watch out man watch out okay patience this is how Solomon's going to end this thought by saying don't react to this lesson of being patient don't react this way okay very convicting we're going to 10 minutes and we'll close gosh I told Levi I was going to keep the sermon short this morning lol jk wrong response to trial that teaches you patience it's anger don't get angry verse 9 be not quick in your spirit to become angry for anger lodges in the heart of fools I'm not calling you a fool God's word is calling you a fool because when you're holding on to resentment and unforgiveness not only towards God but the situation around you it becomes a part of your character and you spill what you're filled with when shaken and when trials come instead of you growing in steadfastness in, in, in that beautiful strong patience you will respond in anger. And if this anger is tolerated, resentment will make its permanent home in the personality of the fool. It says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17, short-tempered people do foolish things and schemers are hated. 
short-tempered people do foolish things. Any amen in the house? No? Okay. <laughs> I will say amen to that. I do a lot of foolish things because I'm short-tempered sometimes. Um, and this has been very convicting to me because it's possible that I'm angry because I'm impatient. And oftentimes I'm impatient and that's why I get angry. Okay, I have a good word for you fathers and husbands at home uh, right now. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 29 says, People with understanding control the anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Please listen to me, especially if you're a dad or a husband that struggles with anger. Or maybe, you know, you're a, a wife or a mother that struggles with anger. But as I was praying through this, um, I believe this is a word specifically for fathers and for husbands. People with understanding control the anger. Please listen to me. Look at me now. Now I'm serious. Look at me. Anger is not a sin. But sinning in your anger is still a sin. Let me say that again. Anger is not a sin. But sinning in your anger is still a sin. And I want you to still look at me. When you get angry, if you do not know why you're getting angry, don't open your mouth until you've taken to God and ask God to show you why you are upset, why you're angry. And then take it to your spouse or take it to your children or whoever you're angry with and say, Hey man, can I tell you why this really irritates me? That are fair enough, there are many times when you would get angry because of your own insecurity. Okay, especially in this lockdown, it's easy for tempers to fly. And dads, maybe it's because I'm a dad and a husband and I've seen this a lot in my own life. It makes me really feel a sense of compassion towards you. Lead your family well. It's okay to get angry, but be able to verbalize why you're angry. Okay, be able to talk to your spouse or your children about why it upsets you. And if you can't find a reason, it's quite possible it's just your own insecurity. And then you need to take it to God and then take it to your spouse if you do trust her and find a way to trust her to tell her, hey, this is, what, this is the insecurity that comes up when you do this or when this happens. Because the Bible tells me in Proverbs 14 verse 29, people with understanding control the anger. Control the anger doesn't mean suppress the anger because eventually you will explode. Controlling your anger means learn to understand where it comes from. A wrong response to trial instead of growing in patience is to look back on how good things were. Verse 10 says, Say not, Why were the former days better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask this. While you're sitting at home right now, it's quite possible that these things that I'm going, I'm going through over here of impatience, instead of it building steadfastness and patience in you, you're getting ticked off, man. You're getting angry. You're like, Oh, stupid government. Like my First Amendment rights. We got to be able to meet. Listen, grow in patience. That's all the time we have for today. But we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.